scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morenci, the pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Throwing it down a Twisted Tuesday has a begun as the Los Angeles Lakers are now one step closer to another NBA championship, a 102-96 victory in which saw Tyler, he really was a hero to Miami Heat backers with a late backdoor three-point shot that covers the number for the Miami Heat. Good teams win, great teams cover, although uh, great teams also win NBA championships, and the Los Angeles Lakers inevitably are about to win an NBA championship. They get a couple of days off. They throw it down on Friday night. We break it down tonight. Steve Merrill steps up and in. Uh, we're breaking it down as the NBA Finals uh, could just have one more game left uh, before the celebration begins uh, for LeBron James. And I tell you what, LeBron James uh, better uh, thank Caldwell Pope uh, because uh, the Pope really has been godlike uh, in crunch times. And it really is amazing, isn't it? There's always that guy that's going to step up, and there's always that guy that nobody talks about that's not the star that's going to be hitting the big shots. And uh, Caldwell Pope, man, in game one, he stepped up with a couple of big threes in the first quarter when the Miami Heat were starting to run away with the game, and the Lakers went to their bench. Caldwell Pope went on a little mini run. I don't know. I I can't recall Caldwell Pope ever missing, seemingly, from that uh, left uh, part of the corner. And uh, dude's been money. And the Los Angeles Lakers are one win away from getting it uh, done. Uh, meanwhile, the New York uh, Yankees um, lose to the Tampa Bay Rays. Rays now 14-3 and in their last 17 games, coming off of a loss. Uh, New York Yankees now have a series on their hands. Been a wild day of baseball. The Houston Astros keep on winning as uh, the Astros have a mentality of they're not sorry for cheating. And in fact, they're angry at you for being angry at them. Uh, Whatever it is, it's working for them because they're one win away from an American League championship series. Los Angeles Dodgers and San Diego is going to be an epic tilt. We're breaking it all down. Merrill's going to step up and in. We're running the gauntlet. The New York Rangers have the new phenom in the National Hockey League. And uh, the National Hockey League wants to start play on January the 1st. And, of course, the great one. Eddie Van Halen passes away. We break it all down. This is Portrait. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Hey! Whoa! Might as well bet. Bet! I think we'll keep the uh, tradition of this song alive instead of a uh, jump. Might as well jump. Might as well bet. Bet. Dun, 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 dun. So we're going to try to get as much Van Halen on the show as we can. Uh, but, um, and as soon as he passed away, I told people, my first ever radio show 
for our first show was uh, January the 6th, 2002. A long time ago. Jan- the anniversary's coming up, man. And these years go by fast. So January the 6th, 2002. And the song that we played uh, as our intro and remained our intro for years, a couple of years actually, before we went to POD Alive, um, was Unchained. Unchained. Dun, dun, dun. Nothing stays the same. Unchained. You hit the ground running, chained. Great, great song. But the thing is, yeah, we're so big now. And, um, yeah, in the old days, you know, 18 years ago, you could sort of just play whatever the hell you wanted on the radio. And, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you, you might get a phone call every now and then, you know, not to play that. But nowadays, man, you play something for 10 seconds and uh, copyright. Copyright. And we're actually on a lot of mainstream networks now, so we can't just play like Van Halen full songs all night here or anything like that. But we're going to try to get as many of the riffs in uh, as we can under under the law, because as Steve Merrill knows, I'm a law-abiding citizen. <laughs> Steve Merrill steps up. And, How you doing, Steve? Breaking the Law by Judas Priest, one of my favorite songs of all time. Breaking the law, breaking the law. If you don't know what it's like, you don't have a clue. Great video. if you did, you'd find yourselves doing the same thing, too. Breaking the law. Yeah, I'm in a big metal mood, uh, Meryl. So how about uh, yeah, condolences to uh, yeah. Eddie Van Halen? Like, one of the great all-time greats. Like, that's that's not even saying enough. Like, just, the, you know, I was talking about Jimi Hendrix being the kingpin, uh, but... You know, without Eddie Van Halen, there's no, none of that Sunset Strip, like, you know, Motley Crue, Rat, and it's everything. Like, hard rock as we know it is Van Halen. Yeah, I mean, what people forget is they were like the original late 70s, you know, Sunset Strip, and then the 80s, we had everybody, you know, Motley Crue and all the other ones followed them. But yeah, Van Halen was the original. They made it big. And um, yeah, there's very few. I mean, Hendrix... Uh, t- Tony Iommi, obviously a Black Sabbath, basically invented the heavy metal sound, I think you could say, in the early 70s. And Eddie Van Halen would probably be the third one on my list right there. So uh, very sad. I didn't know about it till a few hours ago. I got a text message from a friend, actually. Otherwise, I would not have known. So I'm kind of glad I found out, or this would have been devastating for me coming on the show and not knowing. Um, yeah, it's um, and I love, he's getting a lot of love, at least. People are recognizing his greatness. Like I said, anybody that likes rock, you know, you have to recognize his greatness, you know, just the thing is too, like it's one thing, like, you know, now you'll see like, you know, on YouTube, man, you'll see like eight year old kids playing eruption and stuff. And you'll see like YouTube's crazy, man. Like there's, there's like these crazy musician prodigies out there, these kids. And like, you know, there's like a 14 year old girl out there that like shreds and does like every song, but in her own like shred version. And it's over the top. But the thing is, one thing to copy it. It's another thing to invent it, right? Like, like nobody sounded like that. Like it was like Jimi Hendrix. Like people were playing acoustic guitars. This guy's playing a Fender with Marshall stacks and sets his guitar on fire. People didn't do that. I mean, guys, you don't really realize. Like in the '60s, you weren't allowed. They they wouldn't show Elvis below his hips because he gyrated too much, right? So like Hendrix coming out like in the late '60s with that like blew people away. And as you stated, then you had that Black Sabbath sound, but Black Sabbath was kind of dark, right? Dong, dong, dong. You know, very dark. And, you know, Van Halen was that upbeat sort of party riff that, you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's just so good. David Lee Roth was so perfect uh, with him. And I was thinking about this earlier. 
and I know you're a numbers guy, uh, Steve, so how about this? There's always a correlation. I don't know. Is it coincidence, or is there some weird matrix that connects everything? But Kobe Bryant, so you have the Los Angeles Lakers on the verge of a championship in honor of Kobe Bryant, who, of course, passed away. Eddie Van Halen is a Los Angeles staple, although born in Amsterdam, grew up in Pasadena outside the Rose Bowl. I mean, like, yeah, like, dude, when I lived in L.A. in the late 80s, like, you know, they people were telling people still had high school tapes of them and stuff like when they were in high school playing. So like another L.A. legend passes away. And I was thinking, wow, kind of, you know, it's kind of crazy. Like and I was thinking Van Halen played the the Inglewood form, sold it out a million times. The Staples Center, you know, big staple of, of the Los Angeles scene. Another legend in L.A. passes. And how about this? Eddie Van Halen was born on January the 26th. Kobe Bryant died on January the 26th. Always something, Meryl. <laughs> There's always yeah, a weird I mean, connection. A one in 365.3 chance. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know, but you know, there is and there isn't uh, of that because I guess technically there is, but they're both so rare and iconic. And what they did, and they both live in a, you know, what I mean, in, in the same city. So I would give it more, more than uh, than just the one. You know what I mean? There, it seems to be exponentially more Merrill than just yeah, it's one in three six five. Like you know what I mean? Like I guess technically it is, but it seems it kind of isn't. It's like the Atlanta Falcons and and, and the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves uh, last year when they when they were losing like fourteen nothing or whatever in that elimination game. It, and they blew a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl. That game five that they choked in was two years, eight months, and three three days to the Super Bowl. 28-3. I'm telling you. There's like the, yeah. the, the, and, there's uh, numbers that connect everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's obviously, if you look deep enough, you're going to find some correlations. But the best one ever, Gabe, and I got to bring this up, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, and James Monroe, three of the first five presidents, all died on July 4th. Not only did all three of them die on the same date, but it was July 4th. That's the most amazing thing I've ever seen throughout history on any death dates, whatever birthdays, whatever you want to say. Still an amazing stat. And that one, I think, has something to it. You could probably make some you know, correlations of why that happened. So is that why, like, so what, what, is that now why it's the 4th of July? <laughs> Quite the, no, I just, I, I mean, it's amazing that three of the founding fathers died on July 4th. I mean, first of all, the odds of all three down on the same day is probably what tens of thousands to one, but then for it to be on the declaration of independence day, but I think it's not a coincidence. I mean, I think they were probably holding on to make that day, you know, on their deathbed, basically it would be my guess, but uh, yeah, that's the most fascinating one I've ever seen. I love that one. Well, look, I've, um, you know, when I hear like the one in three, six, five, my mother passed away on my birthday. Which is same thing. You think, wow, what are the chances? And I actually thought, I'm like, well, I guess it's one in 365. <laughs> it feels, it feels right. like it's more than that, right? Like when it's like, no, like, you know what I mean? When you multiply these things, uh, but it, I guess like real life odds, Merrill, are like sports betting odds. You never get real value. <laughs> Three team parlay really should be nine to one, right? right? <laughs> Instead of six or seven. You're well, never, that's like. You're never getting real value in real life. 
Yeah, no, Gabe, but it brings up something we talked about last week. You know, we're talking about how Trump was at Biden was 53 percent. Trump was 47 percent before the debates. You know, then it went up to 60. And then after COVID, it went to 65 temporarily. And you're like, oh, wow, he has no chance. But like 62 percent where it is now is like minus 160. And we see dollar forty underdogs win every day. We don't think anything of it in baseball, you know. So no, like, it's not, it's not that big of an upset. That. Yeah, exactly. But when you start seeing the percentages, you're like, oh, he can't win. Why even go vote now? You know. But it just you you forget how little of a difference there really is long term. Yeah, it's a good point. We always see that, you know, up eight points, up twelve points, and stuff. It's like, yeah, well, right. you know, let's That's put like it in gambling cents. terms. <laughs> what, what what do you mean, like? Minus one thirty eight, <laughs> like you said. It's like I don't know, like the other guy that's minus the other team at minus one fifteen, one ten plus one ten's got a chance. Um, speaking of which, the Lakers are now eighty to one. So if anybody thinks the Miami yeah. Heat can pull off the miracle of all miracles, you're only getting twenty two to one. Talk about a lack of value, Merrill. I need more than twenty two to one if I'm going to pull off winning uh, three straight games right now against the L.A. Lakers. I agree with you. It was 1-10 to 10 going in, 6-1 to one take back today, and I thought that was cheap, and I guess it was. Sports race late night. Oh, yeah. Running with the devil. A tribute to Eddie Van Halen continues. More with Merrill on the other side. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Late night continues. I am a Marenzo. We're throwing it down. It's a Twisted Tuesday. Shout out to all of our radio affiliates. Of course, uh, the great Eddie Van Halen passes away. 65 years old. 65 years old. I've seen, uh, I saw Van Halen live and um, really was like over the top good. Like he was over the top uh, good. David Lee Roth is hit or miss. And it's tough being a vocalist. You're going to lose your, you're going to lose your pipes like a guitarist. Like, you know what I mean? You're not going to lose it as a guitarist. It's, you know, you look at the, the last tours, it was pretty tough uh, for David Lee Roth, but you know, it wasn't just uh, Eddie Van Halen, like the backup vocals, the sound of the drums, David Lee Roth's voice. And I'm not even a Sammy Hager hater. Um, it was a different, it was more commercial and sort of popish, but, um, you know, there's still some good songs with Sammy Hager as well. And I've seen it with Sammy Hager live, too. And uh, same thing. You know, they just kicked ass. Like, Eddie Van Halen was always good live. He he always delivered. Uh, Steve Merrill kicking it with us uh, right now. So uh, LeBron James is about to deliver a title uh, to Los Angeles. I don't know if they'll play Van Halen when they celebrate. I doubt it. <laughs> but, um, um, you know, what a... What a um, well, I, you know, it's just you can't say enough, really. And I'll get into this later, actually. We'll get into some numbers with Merrill here and talk some some point spreads. But there's a lot of pressure on LeBron, man. There's a lot of pressure on the Lakers. There's a lot of pressure on LeBron. There's pressure on AD. There's pressure on all of them. And there's already pressure on these guys, but it's magnified by the Kobe Bryant passing in which Kobe was all about winning. 
And, you know, it's almost like two championships. Like, LeBron wins this in honor of Kobe. It's pretty badass. <laughs> like, like, you can't. And another thing is Kawhi Leonard tried to hijack Los Angeles. Kawhi Leonard tried to hijack the NBA. Uh, played like a, pulled a big power move. And in the end, Kawhi Leonard got eliminated from the playoffs. Um, Doc Rivers, uh, the Clippers coach, gets fired. And LeBron James is about to win a championship. He's still not Michael Jordan. But this will be a pretty impressive run for LeBron James. And it's crazy because it's not like he's dominated, Steve. He, You know, it's, it's weird. AD's been, like, really, really good. But Caldwell Pope stepped up and in. It's not just LeBron, but I am tipping my cap to LeBron right now. Point spread is seven and a half on Friday night, Steve. Yeah, I mean, the big news, of course, is Bam Adebayo. How do you like that one? I took my time on it, Gabe. But uh, Adebayo is back tonight. Um, almost had a triple, almost had a double-double. He had 15 points, seven rebounds late in the game. Um, he looked fairly healthy, more than I thought he would be, because he was a game-time decision until late this evening. But it's going to be an uphill battle, obviously, for Miami to win three straight. But this is what I was thinking of, Gabe, as I was watching that Laker team and watching LeBron huck up half-court three-pointers once again with 15 seconds to go on the shot clock for no reason. And other role players miss threes. I mean, can you think of any other championship team in recent history that their their third player has been as bad as the Lakers' third player would be? I mean, this is literally Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and nobody else. I mean, maybe That's Jordan and Pippen. I mean, Kerr and Rodman. You know, Rodman wasn't a big scorer, but he was a big rebounder, and Kerr was a big three-point shooter. But seriously, I mean – the Lakers have nothing, and that's why they were so bad for seven years until recently. I mean, it's Davis and LeBron and nothing else. Those guys get about half the points every game. So anyway, um, you know, the future odds are out for next year. Lakers are a slight favorite over the Clippers, over the Bucks, uh, The Warriors at 9-1. to one. Golden State will be back, of course. Um, I don't think this is some dynasty or juggernaut team. I think the timing oh. was just good for L.A. this year, and they're very fortunate they avoided the Clippers. I think, I think they're all in right now. Um, you can give them credit to in, in the bubble because they would have had a nice home court advantage. It is tough uh, to play in Los Angeles. The teams do sort of wilt and, you know, the pressure of the celebrity and all that uh, type of stuff. But I agree. I think the emotional, like, you know, the whole Kobe thing I think is big. I think LeBron would lose a little of the edge just for even one year and then maybe get it back. All right, I need one more on the way out here uh, to get to five. But a big difference in this series, it's a good point. Listen, they don't have players. They do and they don't. They've got smart guys. They don't have, like, good, you know what I mean? Like, they're not stars, but they've got smart guys. You know, that's why Danny Green's on the team. He's not going to do much, but he'll get 10 points. He's a good defender. He won't turn the ball over. He won't do stupid things. Um, you know, LeBron likes the veterans. You know, look, Dwight Howard's there. Rondo's there. We go down the list. But you're right as far as, like, star power. But the big surprise is look, Steve, the Lakers are not a good we're not a good three point shooting team, yet they've been pretty good in the NBA finals. Look in game one. Like they ambushed, they ambushed them. You know, early. You know, the Lakers generally used to, you know, in the regular season, I think they hit like 10, 11. They're one of the worst three point shooting teams in the league, the Lakers in the regular season. They hit like 10 or 11 in the first half of game one. Tonight they hit, um, what was it, uh, 35% which for them is pretty good, 35%. And Miami, Miami was 34%, Steve. So the three ball has fallen as well. It's the little place. Caldwell Pope has been real good. But ultimately, when it was all said and done, Tyler Hero backdoors it with a three-point shot <laughs> in which I didn't know if they were going to shoot. 
And it always drives me crazy in a regular oh, yeah. season, Steve, when you have money on a game. And it's like, would it kill you to shoot the ball, bro? Like, I get it if you're winning. All right, we're up by 18. There's six seconds left. I'm not going to shoot. I'll just dribble this out. But I got to tell you, if I was losing, I don't care what the score is. You're gonna, I'd take a shot. The game's not over yet. Take a shot. <laughs> so Jimmy Butler has the ball, guys. And he didn't care, Jimmy Butler. Like, Jimmy Butler wasn't going to shoot. So Jimmy Butler... I was like, oh, God, Jimmy's just going to run this out. And and Jimmy saw a Hero there and said, oh, well, I don't know, whatever, bro, you take it. And <laughs> Hero's a kid, so Hero heaved it up. And, Steve, just imagine the bated breath and people holding breaths right around the world. Um, how much money like was bet on that game? How much money swung with that shot, Steve? Hundreds of millions of dollars. With that shot in the air, people like, oh, my God, he just thought, shot that three. <laughs> Swish, it goes in. He really is a hero for Miami Heat backers. Yeah, I mean, hundreds of thousands switched with my clients alone because we had the Lakers, and it was anywhere from minus seven to minus eight, and it went from nine to six. You know, and LeBron gets, they almost didn't foul LeBron. It was seven, and, and you know, some people got seven, but mostly there were seven and a halves out there, even some eights earlier before Bam was listed as probable. So, at, at best, some people are going to get a push, but it would have been a loss. So I was glad to see him foul LeBron, which they almost didn't do, Gabe, with about 10, you know, 10 seconds to go there. I know. And he had both of them to go up by nine, and I still wasn't feeling good about it, and that was exactly why. Hero goes down there and hits the meaningless, like, fade forward, bank shot three almost. Yeah, you know what's funny, too? Because it was like some of the guys on the heat tapped out. They were down by seven, 10, 12 seconds, clock's going. They got fouled with the 10 mark, but... And it was like, I actually thought, oh, God, this is great. Because I'm on Miami. I'm about to, I'm like, I can't believe this. I can't believe they're going to, they're going to, you know. And then I saw, no, they're not fouling. I don't know if it was Robinson or was Hero. One of them sort of just said, I I think. Yeah, it was Robinson. He got frustrated and just sort of bumped him. And I was like, oh, you stupid idiot. I was mad. (laughs) Like, you stupid idiot. I was like, no one else was fouling, bro. Like, listen to Jimmy Butler. If Jimmy Butler ain't fouling, you ain't fouling. You know what I mean? Jimmy tapped out. We're all tapping out. <laughs> like, you know, it's over. So, of course, you had to find, I'm like, oh, you stupid kid, man. I'm like, oh, God, you're stupid. Thanks for nothing. And then Hero hits that shot. But it's amazing. Listen, Steve, the Lakers are 3-1, and one, and they're about to win the title. Miami Heat are 3-1 and one against the spread. They looked, they, they got, so they didn't cover yeah. in game one. They squeezed out that 10, the 10-point 10 losses, 10 and a half. They win a game outright. Now they cover on a back door, but it doesn't matter how you get there. They're actually 3-1 and one against the spread in this series. Yeah, keep in mind, though, game two on Friday, of course, we did the show right after that. That line opened 9.5, went to 10, and then closed 10.5, as you said, in some spots. But it wasn't at 10.5 until the evening, so it really could have been a win, loss, or push, depending on when you played either side in that game on Friday. And then once again tonight, you know, it looked like it was going to land right around that 7 or 8. It went from 9 to 6 on a meaningless shot. So you can almost say this game landed right in the middle as well. Um, so, yeah, the point spreads have been pretty tight. Odds makers haven't had to do much adjustment here at the bubble. Without the home court adjustments, you know, they've been yep. holding within a point or two of the line. Of course, you know, the difference between game one, which was 4.5 versus 10.5 for game two, was that 2.5 Heat players, you know, Butler ended up playing, but he was injured. And then, of course, Dragic and Adebayo did not play at all. But, yeah, huge swings. Yet with all that, it's still been a very tight number for the most part. Got to talk about the total, though, Gabe. I mean, this one stayed well under uh, the total tonight. Do we have to? Um, I had the have been shooting lights out from the free throw. Well, I, we yeah. did, I didn't have anything on the total here. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, these teams have been shooting lights out from the three-point and free throw line. It came back down to earth finally, I guess. 
Yeah. You know, how about, you know, my my early lean right now, though, is I don't think Miami tap out. And I don't know. I, you know would the NBA hate if they got a game on Sunday, too? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, you get, get, get let's let's get this to the weekend. You know, let's get because Friday night's sort of buried. Get to the weekend. If if you're the Lakers, though, you want this over with. You want this over with. It's Friday night. You could win on Friday night. You'd be out of the bubble by Saturday afternoon type thing. You know what I mean? You'll be you know back in California. I could see them wanting to end this on Friday night, but I could also I don't think the Heat roll over. And as you talked about, this is more days for Bam to heal up. And uh, and I don't know I don't know about Gordon Dragic, but um, it's more time for Bam to heal up. And I don't know Miami just aren't quitters. They're not quitters. They were in this game tonight, Steve. They just couldn't get over the hump, man. Every time they cut it to three, um, they cut it to three or two, they'd take a dumb shot, and then the Lakers would capitalize, and the Lakers would hit a three after, Steve. I'll I'll tell you what's crazy, though, is who do you think had the best plus-minus of all players in game three? And I'll give you a clue. He had the Heat's best plus-minus again tonight, and it wasn't Jimmy Butler. Duncan Robinson. He was plus 27 in game three, better for anybody on either team. And tonight he was plus five, which is the best on the heat again. Butler was minus 11, actually. So just a weird series overall. You know what? Robinson competes on the defensive end, man. Yeah, he does. He gets burnt, but because he's, he's trying to cover a lot of really good players. <laughs> yeah, poor Robinson. The kid's a kid out of Michigan. I was like a D3 player before Michigan. He's covering LeBron James. All right, more with Merrill on the other side. We'll talk some college football. We'll shake it up. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. And you know what? It'll be nice having a little extra cash to bet on college football. Yeah, I'd like to bet a hundred bucks. You want to pick a team? No, just take it. Sports Rage Late Night continues. And we'll get into the baseball a little bit uh, later on. Uh, Los Angeles and San Diego. Very, very fun series. Uh, We'll get into that. It's all about Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Eddie Van Halen unfortunately passes away. Uh, but we look back uh, with with a fondness. Um, not many people live the life uh, that this guy uh, did. Had a he- hell of a run. Um, hell, hell of a run for Eddie Van Halen. We'll get into that a little bit uh, later on. Uh, but college football. College football. The season is upon us. Uh, they've been playing in the SEC. And you know what? I've been doing pretty well in the SEC. College football. Um, so far, so good, actually, for us uh, on the college uh, grid. And this week, Steve, is sort of our first week where we have, you know, big-time head-to-head matchups. You know, we have SEC is always cool, but you guys know what I mean. Like, we've got some some serious games now, uh, including the Miami Hurricanes and the Clemson Tigers. And uh, I tell you what, De'Ara King, people, I I think a lot of people didn't really expect this uh, from the Miami Hurricanes with uh, with De'Ara King there. Um, but we've seen the impact that he has 
They're averaging 43 points a game on offense, seventh in the country. Uh, they're only giving up 12 points a game on defense, seventh in the country. And they played a couple of good football teams, too. It's not like they've played all Patsies this year. And um, they're 3-0 and against the spread. Meanwhile, Clemson are actually 0-3 against the spread. Their defense is giving up 19 points a game. They score 42. Their offense is ranked 8th in the country. Uh, right there, their defense, like 17th. I'm talking scoring uh, defense. Point spread right now at FanDuel. Miami Hurricanes are getting 14.5 points, uh, Steve. Are Clemson ready for the Canes? Yeah, can the Canes go in there and shock everybody? Yeah, college football has been good for me the last two weeks, five and one. Guess what's the only game I lost? It was Clemson last week. <laughs> they got the win but didn't cover, as you mentioned, against Virginia. So I might not be the best guy to ask about Clemson right now. I'm 5-0 and oh in all of the college plays the last two so weeks. So what's your feeling? The Tigers. Are they gonna, yeah, were they, yeah. they looking ahead or like is it too many points? Uh, is Miami this good? Are they ready to perform on this stage? One thing is also, they've been on national television now a couple of weeks in a row. They had the Louisville game, the Florida State game. And so at least the kids, it's not like, oh, my God, we're on national television now. I'm sure there'll be a little bit, you know, when they see Clemson running down that hill and all that stuff. But De'Ara King's played in big games. He gives them a lot of confidence, Steve. Yeah, and I mean, the one thing, you can look at this from a scheduling perspective, Miami had the bye, so I think that's a positive, obviously, especially with the you know, the small amount of preparation all these teams had in August this year. Obviously, the extra week when playing maybe the best team in the country is huge. I will say when the line first comes out to see Clemson only laying double, you know, two touchdowns against any ACC team is pretty damn tempting at first, but this is a really good Miami team. Um, you know, they put up 47 against Louisville. They put up 52 against Florida State, as you mentioned. Um, keep in mind, Clemson only played the Citadel. That's one of the reasons I liked them against Virginia last week. I thought they'd be fully focused off the bye and off the Citadel. However, I was a little bit concerned about a look ahead to this game, and I think that is kind of what happened. And keep in mind also, when they only beat Wake Forest 37-13 in week one, they were up big early in that game and just kind of took their foot off the gas. So I'm not sure we've seen the full Clemson Tiger, Tiger arsenal yet this year. Um, I don't know if Miami's at that level. I think Miami's a very good team and remains an underrated team. I just don't know if they're still at that same level as Clemson to say they can keep this game competitive. Yeah, it's it, it's a big test. It's a big test uh, for them. Although weather could be a major factor in this game. It could really be raining hard. Um, so it could be windy and rainy. You know, De'Ara King, you got a mobile quarterback. Um you know, it's an interesting dynamic, uh, but as you stated, Clemson, you know, listen, it's Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, and everyone else, it seems now, in college football. Like, there's different levels to it, and, you know, I'm not saying Miami are at that level, but what should the, what should the spread be? Should we be getting 21 and a half? Like, what would be enough that you'd want to take Miami? Well, here's the other thing, Gabe, is I think we have to figure out how to price home field. I don't think this is a normal, you know, four or five point home field like Clemson might have in a big home game normally, so... That's why the line looks cheap to me. But then again, I got to remind myself, I got to pinch myself to make sure this isn't a dream because I still think it might be, but it's 2020. And you know, this is the reality we're living in now, man, that these home fields aren't worth what they normally are. The other thing I'll say too about the line right now, there's 14s and 14 and a halves out there. It has dropped to 14 in a lot of sharp books. So if you do like Miami, I would go ahead and play plus 14 and a half now, especially if weather becomes an issue, it'll probably drop more. If you like Clemson, I would wait. There's a lot of 14s out there, maybe even 13 and a half if the weather comes in. Um, so if you like Miami, I'd play it now. If you'd like Clemson, I'd hold off and wait till the weekend. We've seen in past years, Steve, that Clemson have had problems in a few ACC games. There's usually one or two. 
Right. Right. They've dodged, they dodged a bullet against North Carolina. Syracuse had given them problems over the years. Like, there's been a couple of spots where, you know, they've dodged bullets along the way, or they've just lost outright. I mean, famously, Nate Peterman beat Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I know if, if, if people don't believe that, it's true. Uh, Nate Peterman, the Pittsburgh Panthers, uh, beat him when Deshaun Watson was the quarterback. And, you know, that was a team that ended up winning a national championship the following year, or even, you know, it might even been that year. They lost one game. So they have stumbled a couple of times along the way. I I told I agree, Steve. I don't. I'm not saying that Miami are on Alabama or Clemson or Ohio State's level at all. They're 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 not there. But for one night, getting 14 and a half points, right? Are they? And especially if it's pouring rain, I think they could hang around. Or is it a statement game oh, that totally Clemson agree. just embarrassed them and went 55 nothing? <laughs> I, I think the thing is though, I think Miami's a really good offensive team. I'm not sold on that defense. And we saw them give up the 34 points against Louisville. By the way, they gave up 516 yards against Louisville. What's Clemson going to get? Clemson is going to get their yardage, but Clemson can be a very good defensive team still. And that's where I think the difference is, Gabe, is at the defensive level. I think Miami is up there offensively with the best. I just don't think they're at that class A, you know, reload every year level like Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, those teams are. Uh, Steve Merrill kicking it uh, with us. Wager Talk in the house, uh, Wager Talk uh, TV. So the NBA season uh, winding down right now. College football is going to pick up, though. So we got these these key games. You have Oklahoma and Texas. Oklahoma never lose uh, two games in a row, let alone three games in a row, and that's that's where we're at uh, right now. Um, so I, I look at that game, and I'm thinking there's going to be points. Can either team stop either team in Texas and uh, Oklahoma, Steve? No, this Texas offense is really good. Um, I like this team a lot. In fact, one of the only other losses I've had the past few weeks, you know, we talked about Clemson. I've been doing great in college football this year. One of the other losses I had a couple weeks ago, in fact, the only other game I've lost in the last two and a half weeks, three weeks, was Texas against Texas Tech. They only won that game by seven, but they're up by, they really should have pulled away and won by like three touchdowns. They just allowed the Red Raiders to stay in that game, but Texas moved the ball at will whenever they wanted to. They put up 59 against UTEP. They put up 63 in the overtimes against Texas Tech. Last week, they lose 33-31 as a 10-point favorite to TCU. So their defense is obviously a concern, um, but their offense is not. Oklahoma has the exact same problems. We see this every year, Gabe. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. They have a great offense. They're always suspect defensively against good teams. And um, it's a big total here in the 70s, but probably not high enough. Steve Merrill. Uh, with us, I, I agree. I, the first thing I saw when I saw that seventy-two uh, was yeah, that's that's game. That game's going over. It's a tricky one. You know, we've got uh, you know we've got sooner people close to us, so I don't want to pick against them. <laughs> trust me, but they seem to be in a lot of trouble right now. And as you stated, Texas's offense is just you know going up and down the field on everybody. I love the over of this game. I do. I look at the card this week. And uh, I'm excited for it. And look, college football, we have these games. And then around the corner, we have the, the Big Ten and um, we have a Pac-12. And uh, everyone else is getting set to, to jump in in a couple of weeks. The followers, the wait-and-see approachers. It's good to have them back to the party, though. I'm not complaining. Well, I, mean, I don't know. If Look, as a Michigan fan, I'd rather have waited than be the Houston Cougars and, you know, had five games in a row canceled, Steve. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it's all like, yeah, we're not out of the it, woods yet, Gabe, as you and I both yeah, know. Yeah, a couple of – listen, I mean, the, the SEC's also. gotten away with it, but let's not like college football's been ultra smooth or anything, Steve. You know what I mean? 
I thought only the Sunbelt teams got COVID. (laughs) (laughs) It does seem that way, though, doesn't it? It seems like there's one or two, like, Sunbelt games that are canceled every week. Games I took two seconds to look at. Yeah, what what a shock. (laughs) What a shock. Louis out there in this Louisiana and Texas. But, um, okay, I see Sooner Lisa gives me approval. Uh, Sooner Lisa, no one loves the, the Oklahoma Sooners like she does. She says, pick against us. I am. Wow. Wow. You're, you're not down on the team right now. I brought this up earlier today with Donnie Wrightside, in which last year there was, yeah, there were some murmurs and there was some talk about De'Ara King going to Oklahoma. Right? I think there was that sort of assumption that you look like they brought in Kyler Murray. You know, when they brought in Baker Mayfield transfer, they bring in uh, Kyler Murray. They bring in uh, Jalen Hurts. And then De'Ara King, you know, leaves Houston and is shopping his services around, so to speak. And Lincoln Riley was like, no, we're good with Rattler. And I don't know if that was, you know, they, that they promised him the job or it was Lincoln Riley wanted to develop his own guy. He didn't always just want guys coming from, from other places. I don't know if he didn't think he was getting enough credit. I don't know what it is. I think they just like Rattler this much, but... I'm just wondering if Oklahoma would be in a position at the end if De'Ara King uh, was there. But, you know, Oklahoma's got to stop the other team, too, and that that's not the quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Fault. Yeah, Gabe, Oklahoma's averaging 10.5 yards per pass. Texas is averaging less than 8.5 yards per pass. They're averaging 2 yards per pass more than Texas. They played a slightly weaker schedule, but not a huge difference. The difference, Texas allows 6.2 yards per pass defensively. Oklahoma allows almost 9.7. And, um, I mean, that's the difference right there. They allow 6.2 yards per play. Um, Texas is allowing five. So the Texas defense has actually statistically been pretty good this year, even though they've given up a lot of points the last two weeks. It's been a bit misleading. Um, I was watching that Texas Tech game. They muffed a punt. Texas Tech picked it up and ran it in for a touchdown. I still don't understand how it wasn't a muff. The guy never controlled the ball. But, yeah, so the Texas defense actually has a substantial edge in this game. I think that'll probably be the difference. And now we get into also, we, uh, everyone gets the bust out, uh, Steve. The old Tom Herman is an underdog stat. <laughs> yeah. We're going to hear a lot about Tom Herman is a slight underdog, but an underdog nevertheless. He's a good coach. I mean, you know, I think Oklahoma's had some good coaching over the years as well. A lot of these teams do. But Herman, that, that stat has some relevance. Now, I will say, I said coming into this season, I'm basically throwing all team trend stats, long-term systems out the window because it's 2020 and nothing's the same. But I think like an underdog coaching stat like that probably has some relevance still. It shows that he can coach against, you know, better teams and big games. I'll tell you what, we gotta get you we gotta get you out of here in a minute. We appreciate your time. Wager Talk TV, Steve Merrill, ProSportsInfo.com. Follow him on Twitter at Steve Merrill. Uh but uh, BYU's like thirty four and a half uh to UTSA and and BYU just enjoy beating the crap out of people. They're a good team this year. They're and they don't let up. Like for Mormons, they're not very um like they're not they're not very nice. Like they don't they don't let they'll run the score up on you. You know what I mean? They might not drink, but they'll run the score up on you. <laughs> yeah, I think they were sneaking in some caffeine at halftime or something, which they weren't supposed to. But actually BYU is a game I did have that won last week. So that was one of those winners in that five and one run the last couple of weeks. I had them on Friday night. Um they got a nice win against La Tech and of course they beat Navy fifty five three, Troy forty eight seven. Yeah, forty five points or more, three straight games. That's what you'd like to see when laying a big number. Yeah, and I tell you, like I said, they won't let up either. They got to make a statement. You know, they're trying to crash the playoff party even. 
Um, so I wouldn't be scared of laying the points with BYU. Follow Steve Merrill for more winners. Always a pleasure, Steve. Thanks, Gabe. More trades late night continues. Break it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Trace late night continues. Level one winding down quick as 120 minutes in sports. Thanks to Steve Merrill for uh, joining us on the program. I love LA. I love it. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers 102, Miami Heat 96. Uh, the series is now three games to one. They're off until Friday night. The point spread is seven and a half. And although the Miami Heat are down three games to one, and I don't think the Miami Heat are going to come back and win this series outright. And for the record, if you're insane and you think uh, that they are, uh, maybe you're hopped up on some COVID steroids and uh, you think, oh, no, the Miami Heat are coming back. <laughs> you can get them at uh, 22 to 1 right now. Like, let me, let, let me ask you right now. So it's 22 to 1. It's laughable. They had 22 to 1, like to win three straight in the NBA Finals against the Los Angeles Lakers on a neutral court. It's not happening. So, like, if it was 32 to 1, would that be enough? No. 42 and no. Like, I'd like to know what, what are the real odds? We should have asked Merrill. Merrill's good at uh, figuring out these, like, crazy um, calculator type of deals. But, like, what are the real odds of them coming back and winning? Uh, what are the real odds of them coming back and winning three straight games? Like, if you told me, all right, do you know you want to bet on the Heat to come back and win the series? I'd be like, well, what kind of odds are you giving me? Like, I would want 500 to 1. <laughs> 500 to 1. And listen, now, if you gave me 300 to 1, I'd take it. If somebody out there wants to offer me 300 to 1, I'll take it. 300 to 1. That's like 100 to 1 a game. <laughs> Right, 100 to 1 a game. And I know we ain't getting 300 to 1, but 22 to 1, it's like, I don't don't know about that. The thing is, though, when you add it up, this is the problem where, like, the point spreads and reality don't meet. They don't, they don't, like, they don't connect. In the sense that, look, you're, you're getting plus 265 with the Miami Heat to win the game on Friday. You're going to get that again on Sunday. So if you multiply 265 plus 265 plus 265, it doesn't really add up to be that much. But it should. It should. Portridge late night. Bring it. <laughs> 